please turn your Bible to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Remember again, we're looking at the testimony of God. We looked at verse 9 last time. And uh, <clears throat> I don't want to take more than this session to get through verse 10. Uh, it's a two-parter. I was hoping to be one, but it was just, I had too much more to go. So let me begin in verse 9. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. Remember again, the apostle John said that if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God that he has testified of his son. Remember again that we talked about the fact that, you know, we are so quick to believe people, you know, and then there is God, <laughs> you know. I was thinking about it a little bit more just before I came out, and uh, I was just thinking about if, it, if somebody important came here, you know, and they said something that was life-changing, you would believe it, you know, because it's so-and-so, and they have those letters after their name, and, you know, <laughs> you know, they're reliable, you know what I'm trying to say, uh, and that's what the Apostle John is saying, you know, as much as we, as much as we want to believe people, as much as we have been trained to believe people, you know, we have to. I mean, think about if you went to school and you didn't believe any of your teachers. You wouldn't learn nothing. Are you all with me? Amen? You know, they, you believe everything they say. In fact, you memorize what they say because they give you an exam. <laughs> you know? Okay? And so, you know, we, we are so used to believing people. And the Apostle John says, as much as you are used to believing people, and remember again that he was also making reference to um, John the Baptist as well and his testimony of Jesus Christ. He says, as much as you believe people, you need to understand that God's witness is greater. And, you know, can I just say, I'll ask you a question here. I'm going to answer it. Okay. Can you see God? That you, generally, it's no. <laughs> okay. All right. Which means that he is an unseen being, which means that the way he communicates to you is on the inside. He communicates to you. You know, he said God is spirit. So he'll communicate from spirit to spirit. That's why he says those who are led by the spirit, those are the sons and daughters of God. Amen. Because he speaks to your spirit. And I want you to understand something that as much as, you know, we want physical evidence, you know, we're always asking for that burning bush, aren't we? <laughs> you know, make the plant burn, Lord, and then I will believe you. You know what I was going to say, Father, but you know, it's, it's the Lord, isn't it? But, you know, we, we want that physical kind of burning bush experience so much of the time. And we, we so don't understand the importance of getting something on the inside. Of God speaking to you on the inside. Do you know that's where your strength comes from? Do you know that, you know, I have found that the thing that motivates me and put, drives me forward isn't what people tell me I should do. It's what happens on the inside. When something goes off on the inside, it drives me. I don't know whether it does you or not, but it drives me. And that's, that's what you need. That's how God communicates. Do you understand? That's what allows you then to make decisions about Him, His Word, everything else. See, if, if people were just telling us what to do, we wouldn't do that. It would, it would be a short-lived thing. Because as, you know, as I re always remember, you know, they said that if you decide that you're going to be the motivator of everyone, then you better be around all the time to motivate them. But <laughs> if you allow God to motivate people, then you don't have to be around all the time. He is. He's omnipresent. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> he can do that job. Amen. So anyway, that's the witness of God. Amen? 
And that's why uh, the Apostle John is saying, and he's saying it is specifically because God himself has witnessed about his son, we should believe that. As much as people have, God himself has said something about it. Now, we're off to verse 10. I don't want to spend any more time than that. Verse 10, he says, he who believes in the Son of God. Now, I want you to watch the wording in this. He says, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. And what you would expect is he who does not believe in the Son of God is not what it says. He says, and he who, has, who does not believe God. Isn't that interesting how he flips from the Son of God to God himself? He says, it's made him alive. We'll look at that, okay? We'll look at that. And he says, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. Remember again that the whole point of this is that if we don't have a solid faith about this, then we're not going to stand and believe God in the, in the midst of persecution or uh, you know, all kinds of uh, things that come against us. Amen? I'm looking for a word. I can't think of it right now. But we need to know for sure that what we believe is the right thing. Amen. Before we can speak to mountains, before we can do anything else, this is the foundation from which we work. Okay, so let's move on. To begin with, believing, says John, is a continuous act. The two verbs describe an action that took place in the past and that continues in the present. So, you know, when you believe at, in the beginning and receive Jesus Christ as Lord, it's not like, well, I believed that yesterday. Well, that was yesterday. <laughs> okay? I don't have to believe it today. No, you believe it all the time. It becomes, that's why it says it's a continuous act. Amen? And he says that is, that is, faith is a lasting and active power. I really like that. Faith is a lasting and active power. It's not inactive. It's constantly working. It's an active power that resides in the heart of the believer. Notice where it resides. Not in your head. Well, brother, I'm having trouble believing. Mm, wrong place. <laughs> okay? That's the reason you got trouble believing. Because it's in the head. It's like trying to smell with your ear. Hello. <laughs> okay? The thing wasn't designed to smell. Amen. Or trying to, you know, see with your nose. You know, you've you got to use the thing. That's what the Apostle Paul talks about the body. That we all fitly joined together. We all have a function. And we sometimes the, 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 the nose wants to be the ear and the ear wants to be the eye. And we get all kinds of... We get a Picasso. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. It's a weird looking thing walking down the street. Okay. And then we wonder, how come it isn't working? Well, I wonder too. <laughs> anyway. But, <laughs> okay. So, uh, where was I? Okay. So, again, faith is lasting and active power that resides in the heart of the believer. Faith is the constant bond between the Son of God and the believer. I really like that. Faith is a constant bond between Jesus Christ in us. Amen? Okay. That's what the Apostle John says again. He who believes in the Son has the witness in himself and herself as well. Okay? Amen. And with regard to having this inward witness in his commentary, Colin G. Cruz puts it so well when he says that the testimony believers have in themselves is the true testimony concerning Jesus Christ, which they heard from the, from the eyewitnesses and have accepted and internalized. Now, what they have on the inside has come from reliable sources. But the thing is, not only is the source reliable, but God lets you know the source is reliable. You know, sometimes reliable people don't say reliable things. 
Hello. <laughs> Can I say that? I said that nicely, okay? And, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's when as much as you think, yes, but they're, they're meant to be reliable, and the Spirit goes, yeah, but they're not today. Or, you know, sometimes people are, are, are just sincerely wrong. I mean, they, what they think they're saying is true when, in fact, it's not true. And when they found it, find out it's not true, you know, they go, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, uh, meanwhile, everybody believed him and went and did that. Except you. Hello. Get it? That's the way it's meant to be. As much as they say, you're the one person that kind of goes, I'm not sure about that. And not that you want to disbelieve them, but you know you've got a greater witness on the inside. As much as that Holy Spirit witnesses to you about Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life, He'll also let you know when stuff is off. Are you all with me? Amen? And so you need to know that. You need to make sure that just because the crowd is going in that direction, check with God first. Amen. All right. So this is really, and you know, if, if you can hear regarding this and have this as a constant thing in your life, then you will hear regarding everything else as well. Amen. So now the Apostle Peter was one of, the, uh, one of those eyewitnesses who despised his momentary lapse when Jesus went to the cross, hello, okay, uh, did in fact accept and internalize the truthfulness of God's witness concerning his son. I'm going to go to 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read in verses 16 through 18 here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. He says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables. Notice the word fables. Okay, untruths. <laughs> All right? He says, We did not follow cunningly devised fables. When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice he said not just the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but the power. We're going to look at that later on as well. See, Jesus didn't just come and say, ta-da, I'm here. <laughs> okay? Now everybody, you know, pay homage, pay homage. No, I don't take that card. <laughs> no, all right? No. You know, he came. He said, the Son of Man, the Son of God has come to serve. Not to be served. He said he came to serve. That was the power. Amen. And he healed them all. Amen. Are you all with me? See, he didn't just come and, and, and just sort of say, well, I'm here. Worship me and, and, and all that stuff. He said, I'm here to do something. He came with the power of God. And that's why we're going to see later on, this is why it was such a, um, I, I don't know, such a bad thing. I'm thinking of words that are worse than bad. Okay, I'm trying to be nice. Okay, such a bad thing that the Jews didn't believe. Because it wasn't just, you know, he didn't say, well, you have to believe because, you know, it says in the scroll, you know, when they tried to throw him off he, or stone him, he said, for which works do you stone me? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Anyway, I'm jumping ahead. Let's get back to this. So notice again, he says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made to you, uh, known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I really like that. Do you remember on the Mount of Transfiguration? That was majestic. See, that was something else. Man, he wasn't just a person. I mean, he glowed in the daytime. It wasn't like one of those things that said, Turn off all the lights. I think it's okay. Wasn't that man? This is a noonday sun. Can you? I want you to think about this. If he, if he were shining at noon, you know, at that time of the day, he would have been brighter than the sun. Okay, verse seventeen. For he received from God the Father 
honor and glory when such a voice came to him to him from the excellent glory uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased remember again so he's saying listen we didn't only see him we also heard God do you know what happened that day they saw God and they heard God in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God are you all with me amen Verse 18, and he said, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him. Notice he didn't say, I heard the voice. Maybe it was lots of pizza. I don't know. Something like that, okay? He said, we heard it, which means it was more than one person. They all heard it. Amen. And so he says, we heard this voice which came from heaven and we were with him on the holy mountain. Or when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now as wonderful as all of this is, it's verse 19 I really want to get to. He goes on to talk about a greater witness that would testify to the truthfulness of it all. By saying in the next verse, 2 Peter 1 and verse 19. He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. In other words, he's saying, listen, as much as we want to testify, the testimony of all those that have spoken... See, the Bible is full of testimonies. It's full of people that have said, we saw this. You know, when we go into a court of law, depending on the weight of the testimony. You know, if it was one old person with glasses that can't see past their nose, saying, I can identify the person, we wouldn't believe him. We'd go, yeah, dear, go and sit down. Thank you very much. Because, okay? <laughs> you know, say, what's over there? Well, there are three people. There's just one person there. Okay. <laughs> you know? And over there, you're talking to a tree lady. It's over here. Okay? You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, if it was one and questionable, we'd question it. But what happens when all the witnesses, everyone is saying the same thing? People that are reliable are saying the same thing. Amen. People who are persecuted in spite of the persecution in spite of the danger to their life, is saying the same thing. I'd believe him. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, I have nothing to gain in that way. All right, so. And we know that none of this is possible without the Holy Spirit, who not only testifies of Christ, but also confirms the word of God in our hearts. With Thomas F. Johnson saying that those who believe in God's Son are inwardly assured by God's Spirit that their faith is justified. Did you get that? Amen. And, oh, excuse me, that the one to whom they have committed themselves in faith is trustworthy, that they were right to trust in Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He lets you know you're on the right track. Amen. All right. Added to this, Simon J. Kistamaka says, the believer has accepted the testimony with, which God, through the Spirit, has given about his son. And this testimony which comes to him through external witness is now lodged in his heart. And has become an integral part of his spiritual life. Now, I want you to hear those words. It has become an integral part. It should be an integral part of your spiritual life. You know, I, I think we don't even realize sometimes how much we just take that for granted now. How much we just, you know, live life with that as a foundation. With that as something that is just at the very heart of everything that we do. And the way we do things and so on and so forth. You know, because to us, you don't have to convince us. You know, to me, you know... It, it's almost like I'm trying to convince you of something that you already know. And I want you to realize that's what it is. <laughs> okay? You already know this. You already have the Spirit witnessing to you. And in fact, you know, you're seeing the miracles taking place in your life and so on and so forth. But you know, those things won't happen unless you have this foundation. Amen? 
Hallelujah. And that's why the Apostle John is making sure that we have this foundation because we're going to get to verse uh, 14 and 15 where he's going to talk about prayer now. He has gone from being an overcomer, a world overcomer, to somebody that gets every single prayer answered. Hallelujah. Here's the transition. You need all of this stuff before you get to that. Are you all with me? Amen. And so that's again what the Apostle John means when he says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Do you get that now? Amen. Then he goes on to say, he who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given his Son. Now, first of all, Simon J. Kistemaker notes that instead of writing anyone who does not believe in the Son of God, I made mention of this before, which would have, which would have you know, been the logical thing to say following the statement, he who believes in the Son of God, you should have said does not believe in the Son of God, but he says, instead, anyone who does not believe God. Wow. He switched tracks, okay? He places the emphasis on God who has given man testimony about his Son. See, let me just back off for a second. I need you to understand something. This is one of the ways that God actually shows himself. People are always saying, God, you know, show yourself. You know what he does? He lets you know that what you're believing is right, okay? He lets you know that you know how you believe in my son? That's, that's it. That's what you need to know. That's what I am here to talk to you about. Because, see, every... See, all things were created by him and for him. Do you know that was Jesus Christ? You know that? Okay, because Colossians tells us that. Do you understand that he's the one that judges all things? Do you understand that that's where the power is as far as when you, whenever you're coming against stuff, that's where the power is. Now, your father knows what you have need of. You, he'll, you never, you know, it should never be the case that you are begging for bread. Because he knows what you have need of before you do all right? And he'll look after you. Now, you know, Jesus did go on to say, ask and you shall be given. Seek, you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. You know, you still need to do something. Amen? And you know to do that. But understand something. You don't have to do a lot for that. It is something that you, you know, just like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm seeing Don over here. You know, if the child needs to come and say, Dad, I'm hungry. Oh, to Mom. Okay, whatever. Okay, Tanya, maybe. All right, say, Mom, I'm hungry. And she'll go, oh, okay, I'll make you something. Now the kid was sitting there hungry and going, Mm, and she doesn't know she's having a great Bible study or something, you know, and she doesn't know the kid's hungry, and, and he's like, well, I'm feeling neglected, you know, Mom's doing a Bible study and not feeding me. Well, tell her! She'll feed you. You will, won't you? No, anyway, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, okay? <laughs> you know, do you understand? You say, yes, but God knows everything. Listen, for some, you know, I don't have time to go into it right now, but there is a reason you need to ask. It's an activation of your will. I always keep telling you this. If God could do anything he wanted, which people say, well, God can do anything, well, then he should have got the whole world saved. Soon as Jesus died, it shouldn't have been a choice. He should have said, okay, that's it. I'm God. You're getting saved. End of story. Okay, there is something greater than that, and it's your will. People hate to hear that, but it's true. Do you understand that? Why you have to ask? Said I wouldn't go down the track, but I went. There it is. Okay, because you have to exercise your will. You have to let God know this is what you want. I Howard Marshall explains that just as believing in the Son of God is to accept and keep God's testimony, the converse is that the person who does not believe God and rejects his testimony to his Son has made him out to be a liar and stands self-condemned. I think that's really interesting. 
you anybody that rejects this actually stands self-condemned. Do you know why? Because notice I said to you before, or brought out the fact that God speaks to you on the inside. Do you know, and I said this to you before as well, do you know yours is to just share, it's up to them to receive, because God is already speaking to their hearts. Don't ever think that whenever you talk to someone, it's all about you. It's all about how you craft your words and how you, you know, you know like, just like, you know, when I'm thinking of Moses and, you know, I'm thinking of the rod and I'm thinking about, you know, somebody made a little fun thing out of it and said, and then when Moses skillfully placed the rod and then the seas opened up oh, and, you know, and just made it all out to be about skill and about the rod and about how Moses did it, it was God. He could have accidentally dropped his stick and it would have opened. <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, not did, but it wasn't, it wasn't Moses, it wasn't the stick, it was God. Are you all with me? Amen? So even if you drop your stick in witnessing, don't worry about it. It departed. The waters will part. God will do his thing. Okay? You need to know that there is a supernatural agent at work. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, getting back to this, believing in the Son of God is to accept and keep God's testimony. Again, the converse is, is uh, that a person who does not believe God and rejects his testament to his son has made him out to be a liar and stands, in self, stands self-condemned. It is inconsistent to profess belief in God as John's opponents did and yet disbelieve what God has said. Belief in God and his son Jesus Christ are inseparably joined. See, you can't not believe... Listen, this is really important. You can't say that you believe in God... And say that you don't believe in Jesus. Because they are both God. <laughs> Did you get that? Okay. And one part of God witnesses to the other part of God. Are you all with me? So if somebody is... See, the point is bringing out here, and I'll bring this out in a second. But the po- I'll give you a scripture. The point he's bringing out is that in the... This is not you, by the way, okay? In the way the Jews rejected Jesus Christ... It actually showed that they were rejecting God himself. They, were, they would say out of their mouth, we believe God, but we, be, we don't believe this fellow. <laughs> okay? Sort of a thing. The apostle John is saying, if you don't believe this fellow, you are telling me that you don't believe God. Because God has testified about him, his son, over and over again. That's why he keeps calling him the son of God. He doesn't call him Jesus Christ. He calls him the son of God. In other words, he's saying the father, he's, he's, he keeps keeping that, that tie between Jesus and God, the father, by saying his son. Do you all understand what I'm saying? You know, you, you, if you were talking about me as Rashan, then I'd be Rashan. But if you were talking, talking about me as Lionel's son, there's a link now. And if you say, what, don't you believe Lionel's son? Don't you believe Lionel? See, it's, it becomes a thing now. Now his name is in there, not my name. When he says the son of God, the link is back to God. When he says, don't you believe God about his son? Get it? Uh, okay. Hopefully you got it. All right. So that's why he says again, it is inconsistent to profess belief in God as John's opponents did and yet dis- disbelieve what God has said. That's why he says belief in God and his son, Jesus Christ, are inseparably joined. Do you get that now? Okay, moving on. In other words, when man rejects God's testimony, he has made and continues to make God a liar. This is a serious offense because rejection of God's word constitutes deliberate unbelief. See, 
understand something. I, I don't know how many times I've heard this, but people have said, you know, when I open the Bible, it's not like any other book. There's so something different about this. Do you know what it is? God's there. When you open a magazine, he ain't there. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, no, he's there. He's there. Just listen to him, okay? He'll tell you what not to read. Anyway, I'm just saying that whenever you open this word, he is there to confirm his word. With signs following. You say, well, none of my bushes got on fire. Yeah, but your heart was set on fire. Amen? You see, that fire is more important than all of these fires. Because the fire on the inside will drive you forward. That one will just freak you out. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. I mean, it's great for a minute, but what do you do? Drag that around everywhere? What? <laughs> Amen. You know, it's just local. It's just for you. You know, but something on the inside will drive you and then that will allow you to be a blessing to other people as well. See, that's what God does and he excels at that. He excels at causing you to shine. He excels at causing you to go beyond all your natural abilities. That's why I said whatever you give to God, he'll double it and give it back to you. You'll always be better for going to God. You'll always be better for acknowledging him in your life and allowing him, therefore, to work in and through you to do what he wants to do. Because everybody will get blessed and you'll look really good. Amen. <laughs> That's the added benefit. Okay. All right. So let, let me go on here. Uh, so again, can I just reread this? So when a man rejects uh, God's testimony, he has made and continues to make God a liar. And this is a serious offense because rejection of God's word constitutes deliberate unbelief. In fact, John MacArthur goes as far as to say that if someone refuses the testimony of God regarding his son, such, such rejection is the ultimate form of blasphemy because it's tantamount to calling God a liar. That's why the Apostle John said, and I want to go to, this is our last, well, almost our last scripture, in John chapter 12. Verses 37 and 38. This, this, this is what I want to bring to your attention before. This is tremendous. Listen carefully. John chapter 12, verses 37 and uh, 38. He says, but though he had done so many miracles before them. Did you see that? Though he had done so many miracles before them. In other words, they went somewhere else, you know, another part of town, Jesus did something, and, and they said, oh, did we miss it again? Yep, uh-huh. Well, of course they're not going to believe, because they keep missing it. But they were there. They saw. Are you all with me? Okay. So he says, though, they had, uh, though he had done so many miracles before them, in front of them, yet they believed not on him. See, this, was, this is what is so bad about what the Jews did. Okay. In that... Even though they saw him doing things. Remember how, you know, he'd heal someone. It happened to be the Sabbath day. Do you know that's the, do you all know that's the reason why they keep bringing up all the healings on the Sabbath? It's not like Jesus said, okay, it's a Sabbath, let's go heal. <laughs> okay? It wasn't like that. He was healing all the time. It's very clever the way the writers of the gospel combine two things together. They combine the fact that he healed and he, in your, in all of his miracles with the fact that because he did it on the wrong day some days, that the Jews got upset. That's the reason why they crucified him. Because people were asking, well, if he was such a good person, how come he got crucified? And so they did a very clever thing by saying he healed and they misunderstood. He would be doing the work of God and they would say that he's doing, what he's doing is against God. When in fact it was God. In fact, Nicodemus said, we know that you can't do stuff like this unless God is with you. Amen? 
which then at one point in time, you know, in the life of Christ, we talk about this, but Jesus turns around and says to them, do you understand that if you object to me working, if you object to me doing all these miracles, what you're actually doing is objecting to God because he is the one working through me. And they got very upset (laughs) because he pulled their card. Because you know what? God didn't work through them at all. Hello. Anyway. So, verse 37 again, he says, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, verse 38, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord uh, being revealed. It was revealed to them. And they did not believe their report. They saw it, but didn't receive it. God was showing himself powerfully through his son. He was letting them know, this is my son. In whom I am well pleased. All of the miracles, every single thing. Pe- things that people they had no names for. Sicknesses and diseases were getting healed. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. Do you know if it said he healed all the known sicknesses? That would have been a bit of a letdown. <laughs> okay? Do you understand the significance of it healed, that he healed them all, which means stuff that they knew and stuff that they didn't know? Anything and everything was healed. Are you all with me? That was a point of faith. They should have looked at it and thought, wow, this is, this, this is incredible. Nobody has ever, that's what, in youth we we looked at the the person that was born blind, and Jesus healed him. And, you know, the the Jews were persecuting this dude that got healed. And he said, it's a marvelous thing. You know, he said, you know, as far as we know in recorded history, nobody who has been born blind has ever been, you know, given sight back. (laughs) You know? And it's sort of basic saying, do you know anybody like that? You know, it's one thing if they had sight, lost it, and then, you know, regained it. That's different to a person not having all the what all it takes to actually see. Are you all with me? So that was a big thing. And (laughs) I really like that story because, you know, the Jews are just trying to persecute Jesus. And they keep asking him. And he goes, you're asking me again. Why do you want to be his disciple? And they got all mad and kicked him out. (laughs) Oh, I like the guy. I want to meet that guy when I get to heaven. (laughs) Not like the one at the pool of Bethesda. Man, it's spineless. But this guy, I tell you, really stood up to them, you know, told them off. And he got kicked out. And I, I reckon he just said, yeah, about time I got out of this place bunch of unbelieving you know really okay so let's finish we however have believed his report and do believe in the son of god and therefore we do have the witness of the spirit concerning it but sadly again not everyone does and why again the apostle john says in first john 5 10 as we conclude he who believes in the son of god has the witness in himself i hope this is a revelation to you now he who does not believe god has made him that is god a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you.